James, I have a question for you. Oof, just the one. Going to be a short recording this week. Just <laughs> Uh, are you going to eat out to help out? <laughs> um, I, I do whenever I can. Um, but are we talking about the um, <laughs> the half price meal this, that well, everybody in the UK is entitled to? This, this is this is the UK government encouraging people to to eat out to help to out. Eat out to which, help by out. the way, I don't believe for a second that they didn't realise what they were doing when they it's said the that. It's the Tories. They they actually did not. They don't have... Really? They got no idea. Oh, surely they're not that thick. No, because they're like slogan people and all their slogans are boring and do not have any meaning. So this one that is precise is a surprise, um, but there's no way that they've been clever enough to make it a funny. They actually just try to be like, what do what do the peasants call it when they go out for meals? Oh, they eat out. They say eat out, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> Because, yeah, I saw it and thought, well, either someone in a Zoom meeting has said, well, if we say eat out to help out, then it's catchy because they both end with the word out. That is what it was, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I didn't see anything from Rishi Sunak or anybody else, which even, like, gently instigated that, you know, there was a little wink, nudge, nudge going on here. There's no way could you be clever enough to make this a national slogan and not at least smirk. Or, like, have a giggle or something. Well, yeah, but we're, it's Britain. Come on. I, well, yeah, but we're, we're, good at, we're good at making funnies, but we're not good at having a straight face. People like to say we are, but nah. We've got the British smirk, which is just a bit different. I, I mean, I will be eating out tonight. Are you going to be taking that uh, 50% discount? <laughs> I will, I'll take every discount I can get, you know? It's oh. expensive to do that <laughs> all the time. It's, it's, it's tiring. It's taxing. It's tiring, yeah. You it's go home all achy and full of pains. <laughs> <laughs> the burden. <laughs> Investing all of that effort. Uh, energy. A real mouth workout. It's going to help the country, though. It's going to help the country. <laughs> it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be beneficial and enjoyable for everybody. Okay, Jay. <laughs> it's going to lubricate the economy. Oh, stop. Stop. Okay. James, how are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's the afternoon, so therefore we're at peak brain time. We are. My peak brain times are early afternoon and 11pm till 2am. I think, uh, we've touched on this before, that the lockdown has actually been very beneficial for Seesaw Parade and that we have actually hit an episode every week of it's lockdown. M- it's, it's, it's insane. I genuinely, genuinely don't think we've missed an episode a week this year. I do think we've hit one every single week. We might have, which is which is crazy for it us. It is. I've not had any reason not to be here. So I, I was just like, all There's right. There's been no global travels, so it's kind of... <laughs> just going just gonna to be in my flat. Yeah, well, to be fair, we have been talking in the, in the office about, well, the virtual office, about potentially getting out to Madrid in September. What, so, what for? Just like an uh, office get gathering, an office holiday? <laughs> office gathering. Yeah, office office holiday, you know. You're scheduling scheduling one of your meetings for Madrid. <laughs> no, one of our uh, clients is out there, and they did a, a virtual session, which they enjoyed. But they said we would actually still rather it in person, which suits me. But just put your masks on. Just because the the current quarantine rules mean that if you go to Spain right now and you come back, you have to quarantine for fourteen days. Although not that the Scottish police would be checking. So as we've learned, yeah, you can just exactly. do whatever you want afterwards. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I, I do expect that our global travels will be much reduced compared to to last year. I mean the the amount of flights that I went on. I really should have planted trees. I'll be honest. I really should have done. Uh-huh. I th- I th- there must be a way I can do that because I did feel bad. I looked at how many times I had Your flights was mad. Um, yeah. stepped on a plane, and it was a lot. Well, yeah. No, you can look into it. Maybe there's like people that have this like schemes guilt sites set up that that, that allows you to um, carbon neutralize your travels. Yeah, because because I think having one meat free day a week is not really going to cut it. No, you know? no, no. <laughs> the pl- the plan is not going to be saved by my, you know, being so bold <laughs> yeah, like no. that. I think a flight from like Glasgow to anywhere in the world probably is worth more than like a pork loin in terms of carbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point. Okay. Anyway, cease operate episode two one three. I'm Colin and he is James. As always. As always. And thank you very much for listening wherever you are. This is Scotland's least all podcast. Yes. Uh, longest running. Absolutely. Entertainment podcast with a season one of currently 113 episodes. Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, we're still in season one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. I lose track. I I don't know. I thought we mo- I graduated to season two upon episode 200. Of but course, maybe, yeah. Maybe we graduate after... Let's cancel the graduation. Let's postpone it till after lockdown. <laughs> exactly right. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Who cares? Really do appreciate it. And thank you for everybody who got in touch as well. Uh, we do have some response to your Thor comment from last week, James. You said all right. that uh, one of the actual funny moments in Thor The Dark World, one of the... Yeah. One of the the only bright spots is when Thor yes. hangs up his hammer. Yeah, when he he walks in, Emel responded to say, "I don't know if this makes it better or worse, James, but the one funny moment of Thor hanging up his hammer was apparently unscripted." Yes, does that make it worse? No, it makes the film worse, but it makes that joke better okay. because it shows and it exemplifies that the funniest things do not happen in corporate boardrooms. And giant w- groups of people trying to be funny with each other. You just got to kind of do things in the moment. And sometimes that takes a long time. And people don't like having that kind of flexibility in their schedules. But the funniest things happen when you're letting the characters do funny things. Indeed. Well, if you would like to get in touch about anything you hear in the show this week or any week, then we are everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, also in person. Uh, we're, you not can... we're not in parlor yet. We're, uh, we're not in parlor. No, I, I, I did wonder about setting up an account there, but we may man, get no. shut down very quickly. I just, oh, man. I had a... Can, I had we, can, a, we, talk I about, gonna... can we talk about parlor? I don't, think any, I don't know how much of our audience will know about it. Oh yeah, no. Let's do a brief little accidental tangent. Parlor. Okay, so so parlor, uh, James, you can correct me here. I believe is like free range Twitter for people in the far right. Well, people in the far right are are adopting it first. I think. Yeah. I think what it was is somebody was seeing that Twitter was getting lambasted for all of its decisions to kind of like fact check people and ban people and this and that and this and that and they were like if we make a new twitter where we promise to give people free speech except the illegal stuff then we'll be popular so on parlor you can say whatever you want really apparently okay we'll wait to see if if after they have advertisers and after they rely on like a uh, investor group if that continues (laughs) (laughs) um but right now all it is is a haven for all of the far right yes um, who have been banned from from Twitter, and they're bringing their followers over. Interesting. Yes, I saw Katie Hopkins 
opened up an account on Parlor recently. Yeah, I, I almost did so I could like make a troll account so I can follow them all and see what their chat is and keep up so I can be having advanced warning for what the latest dumb stuff they're going to come out with is. Um, but then you had to give your phone number to use it, and I was like, no, uh. oh. it didn't even. It doesn't even have a sign up with email option. It's phone number or nothing. That's it. So, so I quit. I quit right then. Okay. I was like, nope. Well, a parlor, I, I believe, I'm confident will be in the headlines as the months and years roll on. So there's one yeah. that we can say we heard it here first, or you heard it here first. Yeah, crystal balls. Parlor is gonna <laughs> start banning people, and parlor is gonna start. Um, fact-checking as soon as they've got advertisers that they're dependent on. Absolutely. Okay, James, let's start the show and let's talk about everybody's favourite American president. That is a true statement about him. JFK. <laughs> yes. <laughs> rip, rip, rip. So, the news today, this is Sunday afternoon, is that Donald Trump has worn a mask in public for the first time uh, since the start... the great relief of everybody with eyes that function. Indeed, since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The president was visiting a veteran hospital or a military hospital just outside Washington where he was meeting wounded soldiers, healthcare workers. Yeah. And uh, he quote, and this is a quote he said, I've never been against masks, but masks, but I do believe they have a time and a place. It's, it's, it sounds, it's like that statement is such a reflection on closet racism and like closet homophobia. Like, I've got nothing against it. I just... Just do it know, in private. It's got a time and place. Just do it in private. It's, I can't believe how accurate it is in terms of a reflection on it. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, real real talk is a mask thing. Yeah, so just on the mask front, he'd previously said he wouldn't wear one. Yes. And he mocked Joe Biden for, for wearing one. And now he's he has one. It is uh just looks black to me with a little it, logo on it. It was a bit shabby. Yeah. I gotta say, in terms of world leader face masks, like I don't know where they got their one from, but that one was maybe it was maybe like I'm not gonna let's not get into maybe a little Trump supporting school school <laughs> kid made them, so let's not rip it too hard. But <laughs> it didn't look as clean as other really expensive masks. I'll I'll be honest. When I first saw the picture in the early hours on Twitter, I thought it had been photoshopped. I thought someone had photoshopped it did look pretty a mask fake. onto the, the president. But no, he actually has worn one. James, this is... You, this is you reckon? Hold on. Oh. This is far too late, obviously, for him to be doing it now. But do you expect this will have any impact at all? Oh, people are already seeing the impact. There's been a lot of people in uh, the different spheres of the internet sharing their images of them chatting with their Trumpist family members and the specific screenshots of them in the past saying they would never wear a mask and then in the present having seen, having been sent a picture of Trump in a mask being like, oh, he looks so badass. How do I get a mask? <laughs> so it works. Like, this is genuinely because Trump has got a cult. Yep. If he wears a mask, they will immediately flip and they'll be pro-mask now. Some of them might still hold hold ground, but like this will have a, an effect. Like, it's too late better now than in two months time and better now than never. Trump was uh, trumpeting his polling numbers among the Republican Party over the, the weekend ah, which are, yes. are now at 96% he says. Wow, the people who like him, like him. So wow. this, my question, just uh, another tangent here he seems to me particularly for the Republicans, like an incredibly popular president 
compared to, say, other previous Republican presidents who would have had a lot of uh, critics and people uh, essentially poking holes in their decision making. I don't believe. I don't believe it. I don't believe the numbers. But his, but the, his party certainly in Congress are completely aligned with his thinking. Certainly now they weren't at the start. Yeah, but they are now. No. So the yeah. So the, his subordinates have have kneeled down and you know kissed his toes. Um, <laughs> Kiss those toes. As all subordinates do, we have covered this topic in depth. Um, but we've got groups like the Lincoln Project, which is a Republican group putting out attack ads against the president. Okay. Um, they did a real cool one recently, which is all in Russian. And it was it was talking about how Trump's like Russia's greatest asset and stuff like that. It was pretty great. And like I know it's just one person, but Mitt Romney is still actually saying stuff. He called... He came out against Trump, something we're going to talk later, Trump um, yes, giving Roger Stone a free pass. So we've got like some dissent um, amongst big media-ish outlets or outspoken Republican media outlets. And we've got some dissent within the home too, but not enough. It's still shameful. Um, but I don't believe the numbers. I, don't, I, I really doubt he's the most popular president even within the Republican Party. He's just somehow got this cult of loyalty. Okay. Everybody's willing to put their lives in the line for uh, a piece of aged leather. <laughs> okay. Let's. You, you mentioned Roger Stone there, so let's go there first before we talk about taxes. Wait, 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 wait. I got. I, I remembered. I was going to ask a question. It's really oh. important and definitely really funny. Okay. Um, do you think Trump's face mask is armor plated? That uh, no. Although I well, would, because I wouldn't surprise me, but no. Trying a Kevlar because they put Kevlar in all his clothes, all his jackets and stuff are armored, all his trousers are armored. He's got like a butt pad, all that stuff. I need one of those. I reckon they might have a cheeky little bit of armor in case someone tries to ping him with a round. But he, but he wouldn't have body armor on his face if he wasn't wearing a mask. So I wouldn't see any reason why. Yeah, but they're taking advantage of this opportune moment to add even more armor to, to the shoot president. him in his mask. Plus 1% protection just in case it's a real like a a real near near miss that would have otherwise taken out a tooth or something. Right. Okay. Anyway, this is the news <laughs> that President Donald Trump has commuted the prison sentence of his former advisor Yes. Roger Stone. Yes, who was under uh, investigation and getting prosecuted for actual, definitely real things. Right. And I'm so, not being sarcastic. So he was convicted of lying to Congress, obstruction and witness tampering. Yeah. And the 67-year-old was due to report to a federal prison in Georgia next week. But the president decided, actually, no, you don't have to do your jail term. Exactly. This has been criticized widely what? Uh, by basically everybody who wasn't a Republican, other than, as you say, Mitt Romney. James, you said there, you made some sort of sarcastic comment. Please delve into that. This, you know, kind of just corruption. Just um, the definition. This, uh, this to me, seem, just, just before we go into this, presidents do commute sentences, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah, usually yeah. do it. Obama did this, Bush did this, Clinton yeah, did it. Yeah. They usually do it maybe the last day that they are president <laughs> yeah. because right, they know yeah, yeah. it is not a not really a great thing to do to be like okay this person has been found guilty by a court 
And instead of actually serving the time, no, I'm president. You can you can get off. Yeah, like you that, get your, you get off. I'm I'm out of here in two days. Yeah, here's your innocence. And that that to me is is not great. So it's I scummy. It yeah. So I can't be overtly critical about it. However, it's more the fact that he's. The Trump has just brazenly done this whilst he still has, what, another year to go, essentially, before he steps down? I'm still super critical of it. It's similar to, like, all presidents are war criminals. People excuse that as a reason, like, well, I guess presidents have to be war criminals to get their job done. Well, I suppose they have to commit people's sentences to get their job done. No. They've just got such a low standard for what it is to be a decent person that committing war crimes and commuting sentences and all these blatant acts of unethical practice and corruption are accepted as the standard so it's terrible every time when obama does that stuff terrible any president if they do the bad stuff terrible and they should be judged for it not forgiven because somebody else did it but more bad i agree entirely yes and it is to me a slap in the face to justice and the you know the judicial system yes the the fact that this guy was found guilty of lying to the president, and the president says, "You know what? No, it's fine. It's fine. You actually have to serve your sentence at all." Yeah, but but this is this is just the norm now. It's not. It no longer shocks me. It no longer shocks everyone. Yeah, but it, it makes no sense to me how people could think a good system exists that allows the leader of the country to be so involved in the justice system of the country. I don't think any. Like maybe we can do it here. I don't know. Can the PM? do similar things over here can, can they just like give give freedom to their cronies um it just seems so wrong to have that kind of a power over the justice system which should be separate from all these things and have its own structure yeah oh i, t- I totally agree okay yeah. well moving on to as you say the judicial system the supreme court this week essentially ruled that trump would have to fight to keep a hold of his tax records. Basically, and des- yeah. Despite the fact that he has, what, maybe two or three Supreme Court judges that he's put there? Oh, that's act- stacked for him, yeah. They, they voted just, against him. Yeah, it's just so uh, it was just so hard for them to find any way to do what Trump wanted that they had to. They had to do this. So, so this to, this to me is 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 a good thing, I guess. Well, yeah. In that the the court are showing they're not going to dance to the president's tune. Not a hundred percent of the time, yeah. But just just explain then what this means because it didn't it didn't mean Trump has to show his tax records, did no, it? No, they're still very far away. Yeah, it's still a huge fight to actually get them, even though he has said all along that he'd love to love to show them to us. He would love to. He'd love to. He just he just really wants to. Um. So this means that the courts or the cases are actually allowed to progress in the lower courts. Um, Trump was just trying to make it so that the courts didn't even get a chance to do their their thing and to come to their own conclusions and determinations. The lower courts might still come out in favor of Trump, but the fact that he's fighting so hard to make the make it not happen at all implies that he probably has no case and he will have to release them. But I doubt it's anytime soon. It's just still uh, progress, and progress is good. But it, it's also a message from the Supreme Court that they are unwilling to sanction what it certainly perceives to be an executive abuse of power. Not all of them, yeah. No, well, obviously, yeah, not all of them. It, was, it wasn't unanimous, certainly, but it was yeah. a majority. Yeah. And it was this idea, or 
this argument that Trump's lawyers had, which was that he was immune from investigation. Yes. Yeah, so because he was the president. The, the Supreme Court was not willing to put on the permanent forever record of the United States that the president cannot be investigated for stuff. Which is good of them, you know, it's good of them to have at least some form of strength and yeah. and courage because giving the president complete immunity from all the things forever seems like a really bad decision for Trump, never mind the potential for future terrible presidents. He, he then tweeted... In caps lock, prosecutorial <laughs> misconduct. Prosecutorial misconduct. Yes, I think he might have tried to read a book or something. I don't understand what he... I mean, yeah, I can't really explain his, his tweets, but that, to me, is... I'm not sure how... Yeah. Where's Where's he come to that conclusion from? I guess because he lost. Well, he, he just wants his fans to... Or his cult, rather, to have something to rally against. So he's being like, rally against this decision, rally against this injustice. And you see it if you look at the subtweets. We've got his own people coming out and being like, this is injustice and yep. justice for, for for Roger Stone and this and that and the next thing. Even though there are witnesses that are saying, hey, Trump actually is just wanting to hide his tax returns. People are saying it's not actually because he's poor, like we've all suspected all, suspected all along. Um, but the reason he wants to hide them is just because he is being shady with his money. He might actually have a lot of money, but he's being dodgy with it, so he's okay. hiding that. One final news item from America before we take it back to the UK. Right. Uh, combining these two, sorry, there's two of them. Uh, yesterday, the US recorded its highest daily toll of new coronavirus cases at 66,000. Yeah. There are still a number of states, a handful of states, which are leading the way, the likes of Florida and Texas, among others. Yeah. So going back in a circle here, Trump wearing a mask is just too little too late because that is the highest daily figure since the start of the pandemic. Yeah. And like Trump wearing a mask and people wearing masks, it will help a wee bit, but they need a lot more than like uh, some masks and some distancing to handle this. But it's also July. Like if he had done this in April, this may have actually have seen, had an, an impact. Yeah, we could have seen a lot more progress. Because if you look at over here in Scotland, we're talking about like mandatory masks and maybe easing the two meter rule. Yeah. And we've got daily infections that are way, <laughs> way lower. Um, I don't really know where America goes from here because you know, most of the states at this point are still within like a week at the latest of their highest peak yeah there are not many states where it's further away than that since they had their peak some of the less populated ones further north um northeast uh, are looking a bit better but across the board it's just shocking one final final news item and this is the report right. or a an article i should say from the just security website which says the trump boosts the cia to give intelligence to the kremlin whilst as we discussed last week taking no action against putin for offering bounties for dead allied soldiers to the taliban yeah um so it's just more to that story not only was trump doing nothing about this decision by the Russians to try and get US and UK and ally soldiers killed for money. Uh, not only was he then going to meet Putin in historic meetings and stuff like that and is supporting him, but he was also giving the Russians intelligence for free, expecting nothing in return and pushing for that to happen. And as much as I am for sharing um, intelligence and for like, helping each other avoid terrorism and whatnot. 
the standard procedure in these spheres is you give us things and we give you things. You know, it's not just here's some free stuff, pal. Be my friend now, p- please. I like you. So it's just embarrassing. Okay, let's take it closer to home now and let's talk about what's been happening in the UK in the last seven days. And in the last hour, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has said any move to place restrictions on visitors from England to Scotland would be based on risk and not politics. Speaking Speaking to Andrew Marr, she said quarantine for visitors from elsewhere in the UK could not be ruled out. Now, bear in mind last week we brought this up and Boris Johnson had previously called this idea astonishing and shameful. Yeah, but um, somehow. As has been found this past week, Scotland is dealing with this better than England. As we have known all along. Infection rates are lower. Yeah. And the elimination tactics that Scotland is currently taking, uh, as I believe it was, I want to say the Lancet Journal or some similar medical body published a report this week who said that Scotland are actually dealing with this better than England. Yeah, well, there was an independent sage thing going on to investigate it, yeah. I understand that for Boris and for other people in England, it's going to be, ah, we're all in the United Kingdom. There is no border here. But that's not how this is working. This is a viral infection which is continuing to kill people. Yes. And I am firmly behind the idea of if people are having to come from other countries, if, for example, the numbers do start to rise again, that quarantine makes sense. However... We actually have to enforce the quarantine. You can't just be like, oh, you have to quarantine for 14 days and then not enforce it. So Yeah, we have to be enforcing it, which is... So my question, James, then is, first of all, what do you think of the fact that Sturgeon is, has said this? But also, is it even workable? Because how on earth do you keep track of the amount of people from England who are and who will be coming to Scotland for a holiday? Well, I suppose you can't do it all. There's there's a lot of tiny wee roads across the border and this and that. Um Maybe you police the main roads, the main crossings, and ask everybody what their intentions are, what their plan is, and if they can't have good answers, turn them away. You know, I'm 100% for this. It's insane that we, as a union of countries, are being told that we've got no border and, like, no justification for this and all these things that Boris is saying to kind of control and minimize the freedom uh, of Scotland to exercise its own will and especially for devolved matters like health when other countries that are a union of states for example or have recognized themselves to be separate states have already done this We've looked at Australia. They've got measures in place to quarantine they between do. their different states. This, the, even America are doing it. <laughs> so this idea that it's like shameful somehow to want this just shows the mindset of the Tory party and the prime minister. And it's a hypocritical one because they're the ones that want all this self-determination. They're the ones that want to not be told what to do by other people, but they want to be able to tell us what to do up here. Well, linked to that, James, if I skip ahead a couple of items here, is the brewing concerns over the food standards, which are going to, certainly looks like, going to be implemented Mm UK-wide when this trade deal goes through with the US. Now, this to me is another argument for people who are wanting Scotland to be an independent country. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine it would get a lot of traction. So... 
the Tories essentially want to implement this legislation, which means that wherever you are in the UK, this food or these food standards, not just chlorinated chicken and, uh, you know, the yeah. amount of pesticides. This is everything. You know, egg powder from battery hens or, or like the demand that scotch is no longer a protected label and stuff. Yeah. Even, even for example, the fact that US negotiators who say that minimum pricing, which is minimum alcohol enshrined pricing, in yeah. Scottish law, minimum alcohol pricing, is part of Scottish law, that is unfair, yeah, apparently, yeah. So the, according to US yeah. negotiators, so that has to go. Yeah, so th- what they're doing... Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is then creating this collision course of what the Scottish government are saying, this is completely unacceptable, we will not accept this, and the UK government saying, uh, well, too bad... Yeah we're going to have to do it anyway. So this, to me, is is something which is going to start gathering steam as coronavirus, fingers crossed here, begins to diminish and go away entirely. Who's to say it will? Yeah. And then as Brexit comes back into to play again, this will be massive. Yeah. But it's, again, the complete hypocrisy of it. Um, because the bill is basically they want to be what Brussels was, but they don't want to give us veto powers. Yeah. Th- like, so the Tories were anti-EU, even though all of the EU policies, as far as I can tell, were kind of mostly British stuff that we demanded the EU does. And then they were like, actually, that's a pretty good idea. Um, but in the EU, we had veto powers om- over almost everything. And they're like, that's not, that's not fair. That's not democratic. We want out. And then they can turn around and tell us that they in Westminster want the power to tell us in Scotland what to do for the entirety of this sector and that we don't get veto powers, that we don't get to make any decisions, that we don't get to have any um, rules that are separate from that purely because they've got this false belief in a free market, which they don't actually have. They just know that they can profit more easily off of it. And it's a massive hypocrisy and it should uh, be a tool in the battle to get more devolved power at the very least. And we've got this one beacon of hope that this will be a, a fight that is fought with a um, with hope, and because Northern Ireland already have different standards, because Northern Ireland already has to stay with EU standards, unlike the rest of the UK. So we might have a complete grounding to say, if Northern Ireland can do it, why can't we elect to do it too? Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Boris and what he's been saying in the last week or so. Too much. He blamed care home owners for the high number of deaths from coronavirus. He he was criticised, again, heavily for this, for saying that too many care homes didn't really follow the procedures in the way that they could Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. This is after he was being asked why almost 20,000 people had died in in care homes in England. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely because they didn't stick to the... Uh, the rules that got established really early and with definitely enough time to implement. It's also not at all related to the fact that the uh, government stuffed the NHS full of old and elderly and vulnerable people to show that we had the capacity to do it and then changed their mind and sent them all back to the care homes. Who knows how many of them had got coronavirus at that point and they sent them back without testing and without giving anybody the infrastructure to test them. It's not all that. It's because some of the care homes didn't follow the rules good enough. So why do you think he said this then? Is there any sort of thinking going on behind this? No, he's just learned lessons from from Trump. Um, Point point and lie. Point 
blame other people, lie, and you'll get away with it. It all it all goes all away in two weeks anyway, because that's how the news works. He can say whatever he wants, deflect blame, um, and then it won't actually have any impact on him. Okay, talking of other world leaders who are totally incompetent, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, the 65-year-old far-right president had repeatedly and has repeatedly trivialized the COVID-19 pandemic, despite the mm-hmm. fact that his country is the second has the second highest uh, tally for infections and deaths in the world and a mask wearing bolsonaro told a hand-picked group of reporters on tuesday that it had come back positive but there was no reason for fear it's really weird that like the more authoritarian and right-leaning the, the country the worse their response to coronavirus is it's almost like they're inherently selfish and don't care about the people or something um but yeah this just feels like karma um and sure, I don't want him to, to die. I'm not that vindictive. Uh, but if he suffers with it and comes out the other end being like, actually, yep. maybe I don't want everybody to be having this, that would be really cool. I hope that having it changes his mind and that having it doesn't just give him the platform to politicize how easy it was to get through. And he's not a healthy guy. Uh, this is a this is a world leader who, much like Boris Johnson, um, was kind of pressured but fell to it into doing press-ups for the media and if you've seen that video he really cannot do any press-ups so he's not a healthy person i, d- I didn't see it can he did he just not manage to do one well he was he, i think they were like he was with the military or something and they were doing like an exercise press up every couple of seconds thing counting and he was just like ducking his head towards the ground and lifting it back up as though he was doing great motions but his arms weren't really moving well it's it's linked actually to a report this week which came out to say that the prime minister wants uh the whole nation to yeah. go on a diet ahead of <laughs> know, this right? do you see this ahead of a, a predicted second wave but you know this isn't because he wants us all to be less vulnerable to the virus this is so that when the second wave comes through and when people die to it he's gonna be like well you should have listened to me when i said to get fit in like a week should have lost all that weight and it's all your fault not our fault at all i think partly i, I saw this was because he himself obviously an, an overweight and obese human being yeah uh part of his issue with coronavirus and the the fact that he was in hospital was down to his weight yeah no it's, it's got foundation right this is this is one of those times where on the surface this looks like a good thing to do again too late we should have been doing this half a year ago encouraging people to get healthy we should be doing this all the time. Well, the UK has been for a long time one of the fattest nations yeah. in Europe, if not the fattest. Yeah, so we should have been encouraging people to be healthy forever. Um, Scotland kind of does it, even though we're still really bad, but we like we, we were taxing the sugary foods first, all that stuff. Boris still is like not really doing that. He wants people to solve the problem themselves rather than yep. um, tell the corporations that are actually making people fat to stop doing it um, because that's free market and whatnot. Um, we, yeah, we should have been doing it years and years and years ago. Uh, we're doing it now. It makes sense on paper, but this is just so that when the second wave happens and when it all goes wrong, Boris can turn around and blame society and blame the people and not the government. We did talk about eating out to help out at the start of the show. Oh, yeah, we should mention it properly. Yeah, so I, I don't know how this is going to work, but apparently, and it may well be for England and Wales, I don't know, yeah. the customers will get £10 off per head 
up to well that's their maximum 50% off including children yeah at uh, any participating businesses and this i be- believe begins uh, monday to wednesday in august yeah I, as i say don't know how it's going to work but yeah. how is you know let's get britain healthy meant to work with oh you can also have all this money off when you go and eat out in these yeah. calorific restaurants restaurants yeah we got to see what restaurants they choose <laughs> exactly <laughs> they choose just the healthy ones they might approve of this but it's just so funny because there was all this chat about like maybe we're all going to get like a 500 pound voucher maybe they're going to be giving like huge big stimulus to allow us all to yep. be free to do more things and it's just like if you can afford to eat out now you can afford to do it a little cheaper if you have lost your job screw you <laughs> Like what if what if eating out just isn't within somebody's power right now, exactly. even at half price? What about them? No, nothing. It's the same same old from the Tories. They only want to help the people who have like reached a comfortable level in life, but it's still just tiny and weak. What a, what a small small thing for one of the wealthiest nations in the world to do. It's embarrassing again. Finally, before we move on to lighter things, Kanye West. Oh, sure, yeah. Has Wait, gone. Don't say that. Do redo that intro. Why? Oh, sorry. Lighter okay, sorry, sorry. Followed by Kanye. Right. Let's go into lighter, more hilarious news. Kanye West has given a, a, an in-depth interview about his plan to run for president this year. He will be oh, yeah. under the banner of the birthday party, and that is yeah. not a joke. No. Because when he gets elected, apparently it will be everybody's birthday. <laughs> it will be everybody's birthday. Which, to be fair, that's probably the smartest part <laughs> of the interview. So over the course of four rambling hours of interviews this past Tuesday, oh, the billionaire rapper slash sneaker media mogul revealed that he's he's running for president this year. I don't know how he's actually going to do that. He says he no longer supports Trump. Sure. Uh, he's taken, taken the red hat off. Uh, he's okay with stealing black votes from the Democratic Party and helping Trump in the process. He also said he's never voted in his life. He is suspicious of coronavirus vaccines because they are, and I quote here, the mark of the beast. Yeah. And he also envisions a White House based on the secret country of Wakanda from Black Panther. Yeah, because... In Black Panther, the leader of the country spoke to the science person to get his shoes improved. He did. And therefore, that's a good way to lead the nation. Th- that, that's just, by the way, that's just the headlines. If you actually read... There's so much. Oh, there's so much. It actually sounds like a surreal parody or like a sketch from well, when SNL was good. It is, though, because he's mentally unwell. But it's unwell. not like... you. You talked about, is this an album stunt? He actually did say that. He says, I give my album away for free. So Which is a stunt as well, by the way. You can give away free things and make a lot of money. Right. So, so, sorry, just go into, you you believe this is a parody or? It's not, I'm not saying like it's the deliberate parody anymore, but we have to remember this isn't somebody that has their brain doing what they wanted to be doing. Yeah. He's not in control of what he is saying. He's not really in control of what he is doing. Um, he needs help. And it's apparent. But you won't get it. Well, he seems to be getting it from the wrong people, at the very least. Um, as is a huge problem in the celebrity communities. They get the help they want, not the help they need. Um, but he's clearly a vulnerable person. And I don't think anybody's taken advantage of him in his vulnerability. But this isn't real. As much as it is an actual thing that is happening, 
And he is saying all this and he probably believes it all right now. None of it is actually real. And I hope he gets better because this just was painful to read. If I would, I would urge you to go read it. Yeah, he is at least willing to admit that he doesn't know everything. So he's not quite got as bad of a God complex as Trump, who is also mentally unwell. But that's about the best you can say for Kanye. A lot of the rest of the stuff he was saying was very much along the same rambling, incoherent lines as stuff Trump says. I would agree. Although the one thing that this interview did have, which Trump does not, is that in some of his answers, Kanye just starts freestyle rapping. Yeah, I'm not willing to call it freestyle rap, though. It was like... Just things that rhyme. I could have come up with it in school um, kind of level of rap. Yeah, school, because I'm cool and kids drool. That's essentially what he was doing. That might actually be... What one of one of them? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, you're right. You know what the the thing is. As much as I say it, it sounds like a parody. And it sounds like it should be from some sort of comedy routine. Yeah. This the sad reality is that yeah. is that this is what he genuinely thinks, and that's scary. Yeah. So when I'm saying like it is a parody and oh, it is surreal, um, because he's mentally unwell. I'm not saying like we should laugh at the mentally unwell and that they're subhuman or something. I'm saying that we have to keep in mind that this is a manifestation of that illness, or this is a manifestation of that trouble. And it is just mostly sad. James, we do have a trailer this week Ah. for a show we've talked about in the past. And also I've got a couple of things to review. Do you have anything you've uh, watched or finished this week? I've not, I've not got any media to, to report on my bad. Okay. Well, let's go to the trailer first and then we'll, we'll talk about what I've been watching. This is the trailer for the second season of the umbrella Academy, which is Netflix's big, I want to say sci-fi show. I don't know if that's right, but... uh, Hero. Hero show. Yeah, let's go for that. Hero sci-fi. Okay, here's a clip. Everything in our new lives is connected from the plot to assassinate the president. That can be a coincidence. None of us are supposed to be here, right? We know something changes the timeline. We have to make it right again. Before everyone and everything we know is dead. James, I have decided... Uh, I've made a unilateral decision that I will be watching Umbrella Academy season one, um, probably starting tonight, actually, just so I can right. yeah. I can watch this. Because the thing is, I watched this trailer and thought, this looks fun. This looks like it actually, yeah, something I could get into. It's convinced me as, as much as, and we've heard my reviews of season one, <laughs> it was middling. Yeah. It had good elements and it had really boring and terrible elements. This trailer which I know is just a trailer, so they could have just used the good bits for the trailer. It kind of looks like it was just all... It looks like just all the good bits. It looks like they got rid of the bad <laughs> bits and are actually just doing the, the stylistically interesting stuff. Apart from that, like, the, the terrible throwaway joke at the very end, I thought was terrible. But other than that... Yeah, that wasn't funny, but that was very much a trailer joke. That's to get exactly. some of the audience in. That, I can see why you do that kind of I'm a sure thing. I'm sure some people like that and joke. The trailer, the trailer it, had, it does have too much of the story in there, unless all of this happens in one episode. Um, but it isn't going in the direction I thought it was going to go in. Okay. I thought, I thought season two was going to not be this, and it... It's turning into apparently something I didn't expect. So I actually am more excited to watch it than I thought I would be. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I'll have a better idea of what I think once I've actually watched season one. But there was enough in yeah. here that, okay, yeah, there was a little bit of oversharing of the plot. Uh, but, you know, it does look fun. It looks visually very interesting as well, which is great. Yeah. Which you can even say for season one. Season one cinematically had some really good things in it. I think if you were watching it in a technical uh, mindset, you'd enjoy season one a lot. Um, so, like, there's hope. Well done. Okay, James, uh, would you like to hear about the TV show I finished or the latest in my Marvel watch-along? Let's do watch-along first. Okay, so, as uh, you will have heard from Amel a couple of weeks ago with her excellent review of Winter Soldier, uh-huh. I have now got to Captain America Winter Soldier. Yay! And so, to avoid essentially just repeating her far superior su- far superior review, I'll give you a very truncated version, uh, to give you some additional info, this is the first film that the Russo brothers directed for Marvel. Ah, yeah. And it is just a step above everything in... It it is, I would say, top-tier Marvel. Mm -hmm. This is is among the best films they've done. Because... Definitely. Everything, just everything works. There's very little I can can pick holes with this. I know it's a superhero film, but there's very little I would pick holes with. The action, especially, and because so much of it was clearly done was actually done by real people. Yeah. It makes it feel so much more real. It's very grounded because yeah. as opposed to, yeah. you know, fighting aliens through the middle of a New York skyline, you you have people shooting and throwing things and cars exploding and cars rolling on their sides and yeah. and it and it does make it feel more realistic, I guess. So this whole film is more of a as Amel mentioned, a political action movie yeah as opposed to some sort of superhero film because as well as okay captain america does have i don't know he can throw a shield and he can defy the laws of physics and gravity but other than that he's just a dude he's pretty grounded he's just a guy so for example the attempted uh assassination of nick fury that whole sequence is excellent it's really really well done tightly shot uh the action parts are, are mental i'm watching some of these um bumps that the stuntmen are taking and thinking that is gonna hurt you're gonna feel that in the morning because you can you can see that someone actually had to physically do that yeah um just on that note there's a youtube channel called corridor crew that's the corridor digital second channel and they actually have a mini series within that channel called stuntmen react nice and they've spoken to several now of the stuntmen that have done marvel work and um both the stunt double for um, Falcon and the stunt double for Black Widow have been on that talking about this film. Excellent. So if you want to have a wee bit of research into it, see if you see if you can find that. Okay. So the whole film as a uh, as a whole is well scripted. It's cleverly plotted. The dialogue is good, and the intended humor is actually you know it's like lightly funny. There I was like a- Black Panther. Stuntman for Black Panther. <laughs> okay. And and. Black Widow. There are a couple lines here, particularly from Anthony Mackie's character, which actually did make me laugh out loud. I haven't seen this film for a while, and it was a pleasant surprise as to how much I actually did chuckle yeah. in this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's difficult to class Bucky Barnes as a villain in this film. I know Marvel villain villains are very much their Achilles heel, but because there is this personal connection between Captain America and Bucky Barnes... It, it's a bit more... There's more depth to it than, say, Malekith in, in Thor The Dark World. And well, so yeah. he's infinitely better because of that. That being said, 
uh, Frank Grillo as Crossbones, who shows up in uh, one of the later films. He's a, he's an excellent secondary antagonist. He, he actually has some lines and a bit of interaction. Actually, he has more lines than Malekith did in Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> yeah. So so there's that, and a couple more yeah. points. Chemistry between all the leads is great. Scarlett Johansson is excellent, despite the fact that there are at least a couple gratuitous shots of her rear, and also she lifts up her shirt at one point as well. Yeah, I mean, this is the Marvel thing now. Uh, Toby Jones has a nice cameo as a computer Arnim Zola Gary Shandling who also is continues to be excellent in Marvel films as uh, Senator Stearns there's a couple of cameos from community members uh, there are yeah Abed has a, has a cameo which is excellent and uh, Joe Russo himself makes an appearance as a doctor Yes, and also there is a Pulp Fiction reference on the gravestone of Nick Fury oh, yeah. at the very end, yeah, 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 which yeah. I I thought was a, a very nice touch. The only things I would say about this, only criticisms I would have, is that Robert Redford's character he is excellent because he's Robert Redford, but we we didn't, the script did not have to make him so like black evil, right? Yeah, that he he just he just shoots his cleaner. Because she she accidentally walked into a conversation he's having with the Winter Soldier. He's just like, oh, I wish you had knocked. Takes out his gun and shoots her just to prove how evil he is. I'm like, that's not... We, we knew that without yeah, you having to do, do that. don't do the cleaner scene, yeah. Just no cleaner. So so there was there was just a couple of things where I was like, right, we, we understand this guy's motivations. We understand he's a bad dude. Yeah, you but, don't but, need but, to yeah. over-egg it. Marvel's always going to bash you with a frying pan, though, to make you understand <laughs> that it's cooking, right? That's just a thing they do. <laughs> And also the film failed the Bechdel test. But other than that, yes. really enjoyed it. It is an excellent film. It still stands up today. And uh, yeah, recommend it. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel like just a superhero film, which is Indeed. like the thing that makes a Marvel film pass the pass the me test. The other item for review very briefly is Dark Angel Season 2, which myself and Graham have finished. Uh, this is the show from 2001 and 2002, which has Jessica Alba as a super soldier who escapes from her laboratory where she was cooked up and is essentially being hunted down by the powers that be who who want to keep her a secret. Right. And she have, she just kicks all sorts of ass. And uh Of course. As I maybe mentioned with the season with season one, this show was from James Cameron. So you know, creator of Terminator and Aliens and Avatar. And the first season, considering that this That's was done in 2000 and 2001, was incredibly forward thinking. Uh-huh. It is a female lead uh-huh. It passes the Bechdel test with flying colours. The female's best friend, or rather Jessica Alba's best friend, is a lesbian. Uh-huh. And all it tackles so many issues. There's a whole episode on transgender people in the first season. And this was 20 years ago. So right. it was tackling a lot of taboo subjects and, do, and doing it really, really well. Yeah. Whereas I think if you did that show nowadays, people would say, oh, you're just doing that as a token gesture. So I do believe the show was ahead yeah, of its yeah, time. Yeah, you'd get bombed by the right by the vulnerable people who can't handle the fact that other people are different to them. <laughs> However, season two, and, I, and the show got cancelled after season two, and I can completely see why. Right. It just reverts into this kind of show where it is just monster of the week somebody gets introduced right, yeah the, the team have to find out about them and take them down monster dies and then we're on to the next episode and it's exactly the same thing the formula is just repeated right. the entirety the entire way through the show it's the same thing for 20 odd episodes other than yeah. a little bit of a, an arc at the very start and then the arc getting resumed at the end yeah it's it's messy the dialogue is ropey there are some 
horrendous character moments where you're you're just thinking that's just plain stupid. Why would they do that? Uh, but you know, it's it's a fun show for what it was. Easy to watch. Uh, yeah. A nice throwback to a happier time twenty years ago, and uh, yeah, if if you ever did come across it, certainly season one is a lot of fun. So I would I would give it a go. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be too kind to the guy because there's some kind of suspicious stories about him. You know, let's not call him too many good things. But um, Cameron's a weird sort of a visionary. He is. Um, wherein he makes stuff that gets critically panned, and or acclaimed but both end up being hugely popular this this show was a mix of the two in that it's yeah it's first season was well largely well received but yeah you're right it was clearly yeah. an expensive show to make at the time but he was doing things oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. were way ahead of the the era in which it was released he pushes things forward for sure but even thinking as far back and i say as far back as like titanic and stuff right you think about the critical reception to that compared to the audience reception to that. Like the fact that Titanic was so popular and got the Oscars and stuff, yeah, changed the entire way the academies work. Like he actually made them hate popular films. That's why it's so hard for Marvel films to succeed to this day. It's because of Cameron. Yeah, like, like it's, it's it's a topic for a, for a complete ten hour discussion. His <laughs> impact on f- the film industry. I do have a review, by the way. Oh, you do? Well, just just before you get to that, it is the fact that actually his... I will say it was his pioneering idea or vision to have strong female lead characters, particularly Sarah Connor in Terminator, Ellen Ripley in Alien and Aliens. No one else was doing that at the time. And now you look back and see them as these, you know, well-written fully fleshed out characters and this was the same with dark angel because no one was casting essentially unknown lead females in a expensive sci-fi show at the time so that has to be applauded yeah no he's done all sorts like he pushes forward vfx he pushes forward the way we tell stories um he's changed he's changed so much and even going as far as like entering into tv as you're saying and, and changing that too okay so yeah no you have a review, hard, James. Hard go, go, go. I, well, I remembered it. I, you, you've actually seen this as well. It's it's a trailer for an upcoming character release in a video game. But I thought we could talk for a moment about <laughs> Scottish representation in <laughs> cheap media. Okay. So I give, give us a bit more explanation of what this uh, is. If you want to give a quick Google, the big, like, very popular worldwide game, League of Legends, is releasing a new champion. The champion's name is Lilla. Okay. Who very clearly in the character design has like Japanese themes, I believe. Um, <laughs> but then they've decided to give her a Scottish voiceover. Um, so maybe we put a clip in here of like one of the lines. I don't know. I'll pause yep. for a second. Okay, here it is. Mother Tree has shown me dreams of the world outside my garden. I can brave the world beyond my garden. Right, and then. I want to just moan again about how bad the media gets Scotland. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> not all the time. Brave tried their very best and they at least did an okay My job. My first question is, why didn't they just hire a Scottish voice actress? Because exactly. she's clearly not Scottish. It's not expensive to hire Scottish people. <laughs> but this, this accent is so humiliatingly bad. It is. And I don't want to make fun of it too hard because they hired somebody that didn't have the experience needed. Yeah. It's their fault. Whoever cast this, it's their fault. It's not on the voice actor. 
but it is just such a bad effort on their part and it hurt me. But I can't stop laughing at how bad it is. I have watched this trailer so many times just to enjoy how bad the accent is, how off the rest of the theme of the character the accent is, and they're clearly just trying to reference Brave really poorly. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's that's the vibe I got from this. But Yeah, but Brave was just token representation of Scotland as well. It wasn't great, it wasn't bad, it did a pretty good job of Scotland, but don't reference Brave and think you're refer- referencing Scotland. <laughs> I get that. I know that for, for people out there, out the world... Scotland and having a Scottish accent is, I don't know, it seems as it's mystical or mythical, and I can see why for a League of Legends champion, that's what they've chosen, but why on earth can you not, and this is the same for, you know, BBC Productions, who get English people to be Scottish, and don't get the accent right. Yeah, if you're going to... You know, if you're going to go even further back, Dick Van Dyke trying to do a London accent, Don Cheadle in... Ocean's Eleven, also trying to do a Cockney accent. Oh yeah, the Cockney, yeah. Horrendous. Now, I know there are other reasons why these people are hired, but if you're going to do it, at least get it right. Yeah, I'm all for hiring outside of people's experience in real life. I don't think that only Scottish people should play Scottish characters, as much as I don't think that any character should only be played by a person of that race, or you know, sexual orientation, or whatever. Um, But... If you're going to go off page, do it well. Well, exactly. Okay, James, that, I believe, brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, my, oh wow. Um, I'm honoured. Uh. <laughs> and, of course, dear listener, if you have any reviews, anything you've seen, watched, uh, ingested, then please do send us a review. Yeah, in your best Scottish accent, please. Absolutely. Okay, James, thank you. I will see you yes. next week. Goodbye. Cheerio, listeners.